Welcome, everyone. I'm Adam Petrus. And I'm Hale Hentges. And you're listening to Chalk Talk. Now, I know we typically dive into the wide world of sports from a business and technology perspective, but today we want to focus in on the life of a professional athlete, both on and off the field, and specifically how athletes' lives aren't as different from yours and mine than believed. Now, early last year, a pro football player, Brandon Copeland, sat down with our colleague, Senior Director of External Communications, Therese Van Ryn, to talk about some of the lessons he's learned since joining the NFL. But one thing they didn't discuss was the adversity that athletes face in their careers and lives. It's easy for us to be envious of our favorite athletes, but just because they've made it doesn't mean they've always had it easy, nor does it mean they don't understand or appreciate the struggles that other people have. Most athletes are very young when they go pro, either still in school or right out of school. They may not have a lot of life experiences or certain life skills, but they have to figure things out just like the rest of us. And that's why we've invited Brandon on to Chalk Talk today. He's famous, he's successful, but he also works really hard to achieve and maintain financial freedom, overcome physical health issues, protect his mental health, and be of service to others. No matter who you are or what you do, there is something you can learn from him. And Brandon, we just want to thank you for taking some time to catch up with us today. Man, no, I appreciate you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, one one hell of an intro. Y'all made me feel, you know, like I'm special. <laughs> you, th- you threw in the word famous there. I was like, man, I don't know about all that. But no, I, I appreciate you. Like you said, we, we're regular human beings, so excited to dive in uh, in Chalk Talk, man. That's awesome. All right, so, Brandon, it's been almost 10 years since you joined the NFL. Can you believe that? Yeah. Sheesh, man. I, I, uh, I, I want to tell you part of me, one, yes, I believe it. You know, I always knew I'd be here, but I promise you the only way you get here is by literally not believing it and, and working each day like it could be your last. So, um, you know, uh, it, it was definitely the dream and it's always been the dream. But, I mean, there's been my, – my career has been touch and go. My career has been on life support for, for, <laughs> for a, a long time. So, um, to actually be here, it's a, a pretty surreal and pretty cool thing. No doubt about it. So, you know, tell us about the fact of starting your career. You came in undrafted. What was that like? Yeah, man. Uh, undrafted, being an undrafted free agent, you're the uh, intern at the bottom of the totem pole. You're you're not even trusted getting coffee, so to speak, if you had to, <laughs> like, relay it on, on the business right. um, standpoint. You get the least amount of reps. You're not expected to be there. So most of the time, you're a camp, what we call camp body, so to speak, meaning, like, you know, we're going to use you, take up some reps off of some of the veteran players, get practice and all of that type of stuff um, against you, and, and ultimately move on and, and you know, move on to, to our season as a team without you. So being an undrafted free agent, you really got to do a lot of different things to stand out and to differentiate yourself and prove, hey, I deserve to be here and I belong. Um, and so, you know, it, it literally was, for me, a learning curve. When I came into the NFL, I switched positions um, to a position I had never, ever played before in my life. Um, and, and so not only was I switching positions, which put more responsibility on my shoulders, but I'm doing it at now at the highest level and I have to call plays. I have to get everybody in the right position, which again, I barely knew what I was doing myself. So there was just a lot going on, um, my first couple of years in the NFL, frankly, just in trying to, to catch up and make up for lost time. 
um, in terms of playing a position, but also understanding how to to be a grown man and be a businessman off the field and, and uh, prioritize my time, prioritize my responsibilities, learn what to say no to, uh, learn what is uh, worth my time and worth my mental headspace versus what's not. And so um, being an undrafted player, I, I wouldn't, you know, change it for the world. Um, I came into the NFL with a chip on my shoulder, um, but ultimately it's uh, it's definitely a different experience. And hey, I mean, as long as you're in the in you, as long as you have a foot in the door, then you got an opportunity. So I, I think, you know, we've tried to make the most of my. I love it. Yeah, Brandon, that's awesome. And I think everyone at Zebra can really appreciate the analogy of, you know, being an intern and starting at the bottom, right? Uh, and that's certainly something that I felt as well, being an undrafted free agent too. Um, but, you know, can you uh, maybe just, you know, talk a little bit about that back against the wall mentality, right? That's something that, you know, you you knew, right, as an undrafted free agent, you still have it, obviously. It's And that's, that's what's made you successful and why you've spent 10 years in the NFL um, coming from an undrafted free agent, right? So, you know, could you talk a little bit about just that mentality that you have to have and then also talk about, have things gone as you have planned or hoped uh, since you maybe you know came into the league? Yeah, so the the first from a mentality standpoint, um, as you mentioned, it's uh, every day matters. Everything you do matters, and that's for everybody, right? Obviously, being in the NFL, you understand it's like you know it's uh, everybody's being evaluated, not just what you do on the field, but how you're you're treating people around the the building or the facility. Um, what you're doing off the field, obviously now is not even now. It's always been under a microscope, but now more than ever under a, a microscope for sure. Um, and so, you know, I think just as you know, I'll, I'll talk about not even just stripping away the undrafted free agent card, but just for me personally, my focus was on how do I come in here every single day and and be the best version of myself. Um, yeah, I might be sore. Yeah, I might be tired. Yeah, you know, I might not get the the amount of reps, the amount of coaching, the amount of uh, the, the the best opportunity, like some of my counterparts. However, it is my opportunity. And so I got to maximize it. I can't be 45 years old or 55 years old telling my grandkids, you know, oh, man, I, I promise I would have had this shot if it wasn't for this coach or if it wasn't for that person or if it wasn't for, you know, if I had this type of opportunity. No, I have a shot. I have a moment right now and I have to go maximize it. So for me, every single day, it was like, how do I show improvement? How do I avoid making the same mistake twice? Um, that's huge in the NFL. And then ultimately, how do I make sure that the coaches understand, hey, you know, this guy is is playing a new position. He's trending in the right direction. Right. Um, everything is not going to be perfect. You never walk off the field thinking, oh, I had a perfect day today. Right. Um, especially if you want to last for a long time. Kobe Bryant, the Michael Jordans of the world, they never thought, hey, I had a perfect game. Like they think about that one play in the third quarter that they wish they did, did something differently. And so I just kind of attacked every day with that type of mindset of like, how can I continue to get better, but also make sure that I'm showing the the thirst to get better. And I'm also showing on the field that oh, this guy is trending in the right direction and we give him a little bit of time, he'll be very valuable in this in this league. And, and you know, fortunately, you know, again, 10 years later, it, it it's worked. Um, I think to, to answer your second question, um, has it gone as planned? I think, no, not at all. I mean, you could never, I could have never planned this. I could have never planned this journey at all. I am a big believer in everything happening for a reason. And so I've seen so many different things in my career, um, injuries, suspensions. I've seen, you know, a number of different things that I would have never, ever, ever imagined. I would have never 
planned for or anything like that, good and bad. And ultimately, it's all made me the the human being that I am, and, and, and I'm very, very thankful for it. Now, I will say, with all that being said, if I could have planned for a nice hundred multi, you know, year, hundred million dollar Aaron Donald, Von Miller type of contract, I probably would go back and do that that way. Uh, however, again, with that being said, I'm extremely happy with, with the way my career has, has shook, shook it out thus far. No, that's all powerful stuff. Certainly, you know, your, your, your thirst to perform and to deliver, to get better every day certainly has been seen throughout your season and we're playing through injuries. Uh, but let's talk about that in the sense of, if you don't mind getting a little bit more personal for a moment, can we talk about the toll injuries took on your mental health and what were you feeling and, and what helped you carry on? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, injuries, I mean, they, you know, I guess one of the things you feel like, um, the, the movie Space Jam, the original one, the original Space Jam, where they had the the basketball that took all of the great players' powers, so to speak. And so, <laughs> you know, you have the the some of the greatest players in the world who, you know, they touched the basketball, took their powers, and they just didn't feel the same. You know, and I think that that is probably one of the best analogies uh, that I can think of to w- what it's like playing with an injury. It's like, you know, I know that I can – do this or when I'm, you know, healthy, I can make this move or I can do this or I can compete at this level. Um, but now with this injury, uh, it, it gets really, really interesting because depending on the injury, depending on the severity of it, the pain tolerance, all of those types of things, right? Now you, you're really playing chess out there and, and you're playing chess out there with one of the most physical sports, uh, the one of the most physical sports uh, ever created. And so um, for me, uh, I, I just tap into a different, uh, a different mindset, right? Like I think almost, you know, I'm, I'm a different human being on Sunday. I love, I love the game. I, I won't sit here and act like, you know, I come out there and I just, I can't remember anybody's name or I'm foaming at the mouth or, you know, I'm, I'm like a totally different dark side person, so to speak. However, right, like I remember last year I was dealing with injuries and in every game I know at first I'm sure my locker room was probably a little like what the hell is he doing but I, I had sunglasses on the entire pregame in the locker room and the entire uh, not obviously on the field with the warm-up and stuff but it was what I needed to do I need to block out everybody I need to block out all distractions because for me I needed the next three hours of my life to be my best three hours of the week I needed to not feel the pain that I felt all week but in order for me to do that I had to tap into a different a different part of me in order to get it done. And I couldn't do that with, you know, somebody over there down, you know, their locker room, a few lock lockers from me who maybe they joke a lot before the games, or maybe somebody else wants to always pull you in and, and ask you playbook questions before the game. Like, no, I, I, in order for me to get done what I need to get done, I need to do this. And so I think also, you know, part of being a pro is being able to figure out what makes you tick, what makes you, um, have optimal performance and zone everything out in order to make that happen. Now for other people it might not be sunglasses on, right? I was just trying to figure out, I think, I think we were in London at the time and I was just trying to figure out a way to kind of lock in, so to speak. Um, and that's where that whole thing started. But, you know, for, for other people, it might be music. It might be working at night or working early in the morning. Right. And, and so for me, it's just figuring out what I need to do to tap into that optimal performance but also when it comes to dealing with injury it's a it's a chess game it's it's being strategic um so that you know hey i I might not be able to do this move effectively 
this week. All right, well, I, now I need to be really, really good doing this other move. Or I need to be really, really strong here in order to have, you know, a positive performance on the field that day. Hey, well, that's fantastic. Yeah, and, you know, I love about that is, you, you know, you, you have to know yourself and you have to set expectations uh, and expectations around others. You know, in your case, the sunglasses meant you were all business. You know, it basically the do not disturb is on and I'm focused. Um, and I think we can all kind of apply some of that with what we do in the office or what we're doing, um, you know, in our personal lives. And it's important to be able to set those sorts of boundaries and to be able to go after what we need to do. Facts. You got it. You got it. I say I do a lot of money education and uh, my personal finance education. I would say got to know thyself to create wealth. And, and sometimes you got to be selfish in order to be selfless. And um, I was, I'm, I'm very passionate about financial advocacy, financial education, and financial empowerment. But I mean, it's true. There's some of the best uh, you, you got to understand how to unlock your, your potential, you know, yeah. and um, that takes again, it means different things for everybody. And, and you got to experiment as well, too. You know, and, and I think that that's one of the things that fortunately through a, a, a longer career in the NFL, um, I've had the ability and opportunity to, to experiment with different things to make sure that I'm tapping into um, the best version of myself mentally and physically. That's that's great. You know, you know, I know that you've been a longtime advocate for financial freedom and you've been a financial coach to many people. What motivated you to do this? Yeah, honestly, you know, coming into the league, just getting so much coaching and so many people uh, wanting to teach me about money. And then then that paired with making some of the most important decisions in my life, uh, buying a house, you know, understanding my credit score and what was affecting it. Why isn't it perfect? I don't feel like I've ever paid anything late, um, you know, that I, that I can be that I'm aware of. Why is my credit score not perfect right now? Right. Like understanding those types of things made me think, well, you know, this is not just a me problem. This is something that my mom should know. My brother should know. My cousin should know the the folks at Zebra should know. Everybody should know. Right. Because it's the one yeah. thing that uh, affects us all. The, to the same degree, you know, it's a common denominator. Money matters. It doesn't buy you happiness. However, it buys a lot of the things that can put a smile on your face, right? <laughs> so, um, or can can blanket you and protect you, right? You 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 need a roof over your head, right? You need to eat. And so, um, for me, trying to find ways to uh, teach young people about their money and teach not even just young people, teach everyone about their money. Um, that's just been a real passion of mine, and we've been using the platform in order to to do do so. I love it, Brandon. That's a really great response, and I can really tell your passion uh, for financial freedom there in that response. And, you know, that's really something that really dawned on me heavily as I became an undrafted rookie in the NFL. And, you know, obviously all of us are coming from a place in college where most people probably didn't have a whole lot of money, right? In college, that's right. usually the case for most people, right? And then you, you go into the situation like the NFL, or maybe it's your first job outside of uh, sports or something like that, right? And you're starting to get a little money in your pocket. You understand, you know, okay, now I need to do things like this. Um, and that's when it really clicked for me, right, in, in the NFL and understanding, okay, I got to figure out how to manage my money. When did it first, like, click for you about, man, like, this is a good bit of money. I need to know what I'm doing. I need to take advantage of this money that I have and put it to something that's going to grow or things like that. Like, when did that passion start? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I will answer that in a couple of ways. So for me, I always understood that that it mattered, um, and and that was only because, you know, for me, I was always curious that like, not curious, I was always interested in the fact that like, there's somebody paying our checks right now, and they're paying them, and and you know, they they don't necessarily have to risk their knees every single week in order to do so, right? Um, and it's their business, I get it, right? Um, but they've created an ecosystem where other people can. Um, be employed and they're making more than all of us um, <laughs> by by running it. So for me, business was always interesting, right? Um, we look at some of the best athletes. We shoot. We look at you know. I was having a conversation with a player this weekend, right? Like it's uh, Jay Z has become a billionaire, but it's not because of his quote unquote original talent of rapping, right? Like it's the business acumen, right? Michael Jordan. It, made a bunch of money playing basketball his shoes obviously a lot of people make them basketball shoes with their lifestyle right like he's made money and become a billionaire from the business acumen and for me i'm always thinking like okay well this is an opportunity what do i want to do next with this because for me i never ever wanted to take a step backwards um in life or lifestyle specifically and so um, as soon as I got into the NFL, I was day trading options, which wasn't the healthiest thing for me mentally and for my time. Um, however, for me, it was the mindset of like, this is startup capital. We got to go build something special that we can change the world with. Uh, and so um, that was my mindset coming in. And what I am focused on is like I alluded to earlier, it's like it's it's not a it's not simply, oh, I just want to amass a fortune and become a billionaire or anything like that. It's just, no, I I will admit my fears right here. I don't want to be, I don't want to leave the NFL and, hey, family, we just had a really great run. It's time to close up shop on everything. This was really, really cool. Now let's pack it in for the rest of our lives. No, I'm passionate about too many things. No, I want to help too many people. And so we got to go. We got to find a way to keep stretching our brains, stretching our minds and adding value to the different spaces we're in. And as a business, figuring out how to monetize those things. Man, it's 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 fantastic. And you've got a lot on your plate and you have done not only on the football field or outside the football field, impacting young and old likes um, lifestyles, their life overall. So. You know, we want to talk about and hear about beyond the basics. And then I got to say, you know, Professor Cope, uh, I understand you're also teaching a Life 101 course at your alma mater, University of Pennsylvania, yeah. a great school. I happen to have received a certificate from the Wharton School yeah. of Business and Management and Leadership Development. Yeah. So but tell us about it. But actually, I, I got to go back here, um, Professor. You know, I was at your I was on your website and I watched the back to school virtual assembly. And certainly I want all of our listeners. Okay. We're going to give you all the details and how you can do this. But I've got to say I loved it. And I flagged it for both of my girls, Olivia and Peyton. They're eight and six to watch it because they they have grown up Ooh. watching you know, daddy around sports and football. But they also realized that there is a lot to life and you're never too young or too old to understand and gain that knowledge on these relevant topics that you cover down on. Hey, yeah, no, 100%. I think that, um, yeah, so one, we've tried to build or we're, we're actively building an ecosystem of products that can serve the entire uh, generational span, right? And so we started teaching, like you said, at, at 
the University of Pennsylvania in the off seasons. We've been teaching that club course for four years, going into year five uh, this spring semester. And, and it's how do we figure, how do we get this to people earlier? How do we get this to people in high school, middle school, et cetera, and work our way down the pipeline? And so um, we are to, 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 you know, shameless plug, I guess, for, for us, Life 101, we actually are, anybody can take our course at this point in time. If you want to go to it, you can go to life101.io, um, and that's the, literally the same course that, you know, students at an Ivy League school are paying, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for. We've been able to package it up and, and get it on a scalable version for everyone to have access to it. So the biggest thing for me is just access, you know. Um, give us all an equal playing ground, give us all an equal chance, and then let's just see where, the, you know, um, let the chips fall where they may, so to speak. So, again, we've worked hard at it. Uh, we have a team surrounding it, but ultimately we're just trying to find more and more ways to uh, make money conversations normal, you know, make them like talking about, you know, who who played the best in last week's game, you know. Um, I think that we make a lot of mistakes when it comes to our money, and, and uh, a lot of those mistakes could be solved simply through conversation. And so we're trying to normalize the conversation around money. Um, we're doing it, obviously, in the classroom, but it's me talking literally just like this. We're not, you know, <laughs> I don't, I, newsflash to everybody out there. I'm, I promise you I won't come in there with a, a blackboard and a, a super long <laughs> equation, right, when we're talking about how to buy a house. But I am telling you, hey, I've caught thousands and thousands of dollars in discrepancy costs in my closing disclosures. Let me walk you through how you close on a house or the things you should look for when closing on a home to make sure you avoid those types of pitfalls, right? Absolutely. I, I, and I think that that's what um, Life 101 is all about, and we're, we're excited. We're just starting, just starting. It's fantastic, um, you know, because financial conversations aren't always the easiest. And it sounds to me like the approach that you take with uh, the students is it's a conversation and it's a life lesson that can have great and tremendous return on investment uh, if you pay attention and you understand those fundamentals. 100%. And again, you know, what I've always told people is like, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, you know, you sit through this course. How many courses have we all sat through where you're like, I know I'm never going to use any of this. <laughs> this one, yeah. we know you're going to use something, right? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen is, like, you sit through here, you learn how to budget, or you sit through here, you learn how to, uh, you learn about insurance, or you learn about credit, or you learn what buying, you know, buying a car versus leasing a car, or good debt versus bad debt, all these terms that we've heard thrown around our entire lives, but no one's ever really broken them down. So, you know, my, my biggest uh, pitch, I guess, for the, the course is like, what do you have to lose? <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, no, that, that is a phenomenal uh, explanation there, Brandon. And I know we're getting short on time, but, you know, really wanted to hear from you just about the impact um, that you have, you know, at, at Beyond the Basics, but also wrapping that into um, just the idea that professionals, people who are, you know, Famous athletes, everyone assumes that they're very privileged, right? But the real privilege comes in being a good person and being extremely charitable and getting to help others, right? And you've talked a lot about that. Um, you know, is that really, you know, your mission at Beyond the Basics is just giving back, serving, and using your platform to help others? 
100%. I think, you know, for me, and, and we've been fortunate, Zebra supported us uh, the past couple of years with our holiday shopping spree um, for the youth. It, it's um, They've been a great partner of ours, and we're extremely appreciative. But it's uh, for us, it's about using the platform to help people. It's one, you know, I'm focused. Our mission is to empower young individuals to maximize their full potential to realize and maximize their full potential, right? If you only see uh, the, the three blocks that you grew up in, like your three block radius or your three block neighborhood, you don't understand the different things that you could work towards in your life. And so part of our mission at our foundation is just to expose you to some really cool things, right? Like, I mean, we, we had our, our first year of the football camp, you know, honestly, we had uh, a sponsor of ours that, ended up sponsoring a couple of kids who came to our camp to come to one of our football games. One of my, we played the New York Giants. I was with the Detroit Lions at that time. We played them in New York. They brought them to a football game, a bunch of young African-American kids. And literally when I tell you, and this is something I've never thought of, but literally when I tell you that they, their mom came with them, they were high-fiving with Caucasian people throughout the game after big plays and stuff like that. And when one of the young people said, mom, like, I never realized, like, a white person could be nice to me, right? Mm. Like, that sounds absurd. It sounds crazy. But it's like, you've never been exposed to something like that. And so now, how does that change that kid's life, right? Now he's going into conversations. He's not necessarily on guard. He's he's open. He, he's had a positive experience like that. And we... I'm not sitting there acting like some brainiac. I didn't think like, oh, we're going we're gonna to send them to the football game because that's what's, what's going to come from here, right? Like, no, we do that through our different events and our sporting camps and, and our different uh, our shopping sprees and stuff like that. We work those things in. But that's the example of, like, what exposure can do. Now this young kid sees New York City. He sees Manhattan. He sees these skyscrapers. He understands the potential uh, for himself and where he could – where his hard work can go towards, right? And so – Again, for me, it's about, you know, for me, the, the give back is the time. It's using the brain power to try to create uh, special and curate special opportunities for, for young people. And ultimately, the, that's the, the second thing I'll say is, like, how do I make a younger version of me's life easier or simpler? How do I give you a playbook, give you a blueprint so that you don't have to go through some of the same pitfalls uh, that, that I went through or or you have a place that you can go to ask, you know, some of your, your questions that you may have about your, your own personal development or business development, you know, and a lot of the people that we work with, you might be, be lacking some of that mentorship and that guidance around you. So um, we're just doing our best to, to continue to connect good people together and work with young people. And uh, hopefully it continues to have a ripple effect in the communities we we're a part of. So powerful so powerful and all the good that you're doing for those around you and and how that can translate to changing their life i mean it's powerful stuff brandon you've got to have great satisfaction and i know you're not done and i know that you're you're being a great example to current athletes former athletes in the sense that they can they can be rock stars on the field and to your point earlier is that there are going to be key people that are only going to know you for all the good that you have done outside the football field. And that says a lot in its own right. So Amen. continue to do that. We know that you've got some, some really neat things going on. And, uh, you know, speaking of surprises, we found out that you were just, uh, on a Netflix show called by my house real quick. Yes. Cause I know you're short on time. How was that? 
Oh man, uh, amazing experience. Literally an amazing experience. Um, we're excited about it. It actually launches this week. Um, not to timestamp us or anything like that, but you know, I, I went into that experience with an open mind. Um, honestly, you know, for, for your audience, very humbled to be quite honest with you. I mean, when you see the, the, the cast members, so to speak, or the, the crew I'm competing against, right? You got the CEO of Redfin, Glenn Kelman, you got the CEO of the Corcoran Group, Pamela Liebman, and you got a, a real estate investor for a bunch of years, Denisha Reister. And, and um, you know, she's a, a hustler and an entrepreneur and a, a boss. Um, and then you got me, uh, <laughs> you know, sitting up there. And, and when I'm typically in a place where I would be asking these folks questions now, it's, hey, no, your chair means something too. So, you you go ahead and and cut them off. You compete with them, and so I'm I'm excited for the world to see it. Uh, but also, you know, that's a, an example of what you guys are talking about here with Chalk Talk. It it was a uh, it, it was another step in my own personal development and personal journey. Um, that hopefully, you know, we can find ways to share that with people as it continues to uh, to to come and see the light as that show continues to hopefully gain some popularity. That's awesome. All right, Netflix, buy my house. Well, Brandon, thanks again for being here. We're glad that you're healing up well, and we can't wait to see perhaps maybe where you even end up this season, uh, if it's back on the field or all your, your pursuits and all the good you're doing off the field. But uh, let's all keep in touch. Uh, I think you're going to be a fan favorite here on Chalk Talk, and we look forward to uh, following up with you here in uh, hopefully a couple months. Sounds good. I appreciate you all having me. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Hale, you want to take us home? Absolutely. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about the good work Brandon and team are doing with the nonprofit Beyond the Basics, or you want to volunteer or make a donation, visit www.brandoncopeland.com backslash beyond the basics. You can also check out Brandon's financial lessons and e-course online at life101.io. Until next time, I'm Hale Hentges. And I'm Adam Petrus. Signing off. Signing off.